Hi everyone and welcome to episode 17 of Did You Watch The Race? The F1 podcast that looks at Formula One from the dual perspective of a longtime fan and a relatively new fan. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma and I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm Jason and I've been watching F1 for the last 15 years. I'm Colin and I've been watching for four years. We have a short episode this week. We're going to be previewing the Austrian Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring and then nipping through a few of the news and rumours from the last week or so. Not a huge pile going on in this little gap we've had here, but there's still a few bits. The first piece of news we have this week is not only is the entire grid and fans bored of watching Verstappen win every time, but Max Verstappen himself is actually bored of watching himself win. So in a recent interview, Max said that he also wants a good competition and he can understand how people and the other teams are getting bored. He obviously, Max Verstappen obviously is an extremely talented racer and I imagine that he also wants a bit of a challenge at this point because what was the crazy statistic? The last time that someone other than Max Verstappen led a Grand Prix it was Monaco? Miami. It was Miami, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine for him it's extremely boring. Yeah, we were talking about last week like when he was racing like he's obviously doing fantastic job but like he's making mistakes at the front and there's absolutely no impact when he makes mistakes like that and we were kind of thinking you know maybe he's zoning out to a certain degree being like I'm sorry that's where I thought about it last week when I was listening to you guys on my holidays I was thinking that what is the impact for Max himself if he is just so far ahead of everyone else that it's not even that he's becoming lazy out of laziness it's his maybe his sharpness is slipping a bit or he like he need like everyone they need a bit of competition or they need a bit of pressure to like keep up the extremely high standard he's rocky from rocky 3 yeah <laughs> he's pretty much the dj khaled meme of suffering from success yeah. at the moment literally he's, it can't be it can't be entertaining for him to just be out there on his own traipsing around really you know he's like we said he's a racer he wants to be fighting and he's probably seeing as well hamilton alonso having good battles in each race and yeah. being like i want to do that again he still wants to win but as in wants to win in a more entertaining fashion i don't even yes. think it's about winning anymore i think like obviously like if you're get to a certain point in life i think everything kind of plateaus and then you kind of need something to give you I don't know not purpose or mean but like you know something to work towards yeah motivation to work towards otherwise life kind of gets boring and I feel like that's where he is at the minute it's not that he doesn't want to sorry he obviously still wants to win but especially because he's worked his entire life to become world champion and now he has two under his belt one controversial and one not you're right what is the benchmark yeah he wants a challenge he wants a new challenge yes 100% whereas people are always rated on their championships of who they bet as well you know as in his 2021 championship as controversial as it was he still deserved to win that and bet it against one of the greatest drivers of all time. Yeah. You know, ha- Hamilton won titles that were close between him and Rosberg, him and Massa, all them titles were very close. And obviously the other ones as well were still relatively difficult, but... You know, you don't win a world championship easily any year. Yeah, once those kind of legacy world titles, I suppose, that people will remember his battles. It's someone versus someone. Yeah, exactly. At the moment, it's him versus himself to stay entertained at the front of the grid rather than... Yeah, he's he's basically just stat padding at the minute. Yeah, what I was going to say is a win is a win at the end of the day. But psychologically, I think yeah. as competitors, as spectators, a win always seems better or more deserved when it's close or when it's like you have someone else within the same league as you to compare to. Yeah, I think all three of himself, Hamilton and Vettel during each of their kind of periods of dominance have all said this as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not their fault. Like they, it's up to the other teams. It's up to at the moment Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin to catch up with them. They've said they know this isn't good for spectators and they know it isn't good and they're just kind of laying it down that it's not good for them either. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from Max, uh, the next topic we're going to talk about is the FIA investigations into teams non-F1 related activities 
and how they spend their money. So they're looking, so the main headline says that they're looking at Ferrari. We discussed it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast around how teams, rather than letting staff go because of the budget cap, have been branching out into new, them. Yeah, into new divisions. So Ferrari, obviously, with the hypercar program, Mercedes had a few kind of different, like the AMG One and, and other projects, and Red Bull have had the same as well, kind of extreme sides of sport, kind of keeping people involved that way. But they're basically yeah, looking into how teams are using this external benefit to kind of circumvent the cost cap and bring back lessons learned into the F1 team without necessarily paying for them under the budget cap. How do you feel about this, Jason? What's your opinion? Um, It's it, I'm not indifferent. Uh, I feel neutral about it. Okay. I think it has, be- it has benefits to the greater world of motorsport, which, you know, F1 usually doesn't bleed down into that huge while F1 being the pinnacle by and large it doesn't bleed down to benefit the rest of motorsport whereas this clearly is you know Ferrari being back in hypercar and winning Le Mans alone is an amazing story and brings interest to to WEC and endurance car racing as a whole but it's still in I suppose it's against what the original cost cap was that the team spending over can now still do that whereas your Williams your Hasses who are not spending at the at the budget cap can't but how is this benefiting the teams? So they're shifting their resources to get under the budget cap, but they're shifting their resources to teams where they're not directly competing in F1. So they're in different championships. Like, I don't understand why that would be... Because they can still improve, say, processes or development cycles or material sciences. Yeah, but you know, that's, the... that's irrelevant. Like, like, you could hire someone with knowledge in, in those fields. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't no, understand but, So why the Ferrari the Ferrari Formula 1 team could say, oh, we're having like a side issue with say the strength of this component it making out of a certain material and it sticking up to the aerodynamic scrutiny of the loads, basically, right? And then so Ferrari Hypercar are like, oh, that's interesting because we're, we're doing that over here and we're paying for that and trying to figure it out. And then... Yes, but that's, that's just cross-pollination of your teams within your organisation. Like, if that's the case, then it's going to be you can't make any developments in any other like, Exactly, that, that's why this is the FIA are looking into it, not that they are doing anything about it. They're trying to see how much this is probably being exploited as a way around the cost cap. You oh, know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's a lot of... Whether they need to bring in regulations and how they integrate other aspects. So like if we plaus- have new... Plausible deniability, yeah. I assume this is a downfall for... I assume this is relevant to smaller teams like Haas and Williams who have less fingers and less pies like you have your obviously red bull your ferraris who are across a lot like a lot of disciplines of motorsport but then you have the smaller teams that you know the budget caps have come in for specifically and they are not yeah yeah so i i agree i think that it's it's with jason like i agree with you jason that it's potentially not harmful like it it looked like it's a loophole and like that's what formula one is is about finding loopholes like well it is obviously hurtful or it's of not benefit to the smaller teams which this cost cap was brought into to protect. So I so kind of have, I'm not really sure like the, the ethics of it. I think the one thing that that would make me look at it and say meh, I, I don't think they should be doing this mm-hmm. is that the level of cost they would probably have to pump in. So say as in if they're spending 100 million in WEC, they would probably only get 10% of that in benefit to the F1 team, you know, whereas in if they were trying to invest, get something in the F1 mm-hmm. team, it would cost them 10 million. So I think it, it still, it doesn't affect the playing field that much in terms of cost cap, is my opinion on it. But yeah. it has, has mm-hmm. a great benefit to other, 
other aspects of motorsport and also just the people working in F1 as well, that they aren't just... Yeah, it's keeping jobs. Yeah, yeah, that was a big thing that we were talking about the last time. Yeah. So it's a net benefit as a whole, but if they do implement something, it might be worse. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this weekend we're going to be racing in Austria, the Red Bull Ring. It's the one of the shortest lap times in the year as well, so it's always a, an interesting race because you have 78 laps, I believe. So a few more opportunities for quite long. madness. This week is also a sprint weekend. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, because we have our stupid format back. So remember that the FP2 on Friday is replaced by qualies, then FP3. Is that yeah, right? FP3 and then FP... will be replaced by yeah. sprint qualifying. So yeah, we're going to get to see this format again i'm not a big fan of it after baku maybe at this track it might be a little bit more enjoyable but i just feel like having back-to-back qualifying sessions is almost irrelevant i and i do i was kind of reading up about the 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 theory behind the changes for this year because obviously last year you did the sprint the sprint determined or sorry you did qualies qualies determined where you were in the sprint and the sprint determined where you were in the race but now qualies on the Friday it just determines where you are in the race on the Sunday and then the whole point of the Saturday sprint is that the idea is to encourage drivers to take more risks yeah. so it's it's pure entertainment value yeah yeah that basically there's there's something to race for in the sprint without the possibility of ruining your Sunday yes in theory it sounds good but in practice as you said Jason I don't know if it really works or if it's high stakes enough because in some ways, why would you bother taking a risk and like wrecking your car if it's not going to benefit you? I feel like it's very disjointed. It just, it really, yeah. like, it seems like it puts a whole break in the middle. Like you could watch yeah. Quali on Friday, skip the sprint race and then join in on Sunday. It just makes the whole weekend a bit disjointed. And it means that FP1 on Friday is only an hour long as well. So it, it does cut short the, the amount of free practices. Yeah, for team, that's what I was just about to say, for obviously teams bringing upgrades, they'll probably try and avoid any sprint weekends this year just because there's basically no point. You're only getting one hour practice session with them to try and get them to work and then either A, they work and you're on risk of damaging them twice as much. Oh God, I just smashed my microphone. You're on the risk of damage, you're on a much higher risk of damaging them during the race weekend or they don't work and then you have to rush back to your original parts and try and get a very quick setup done before qualifying on Friday evenings so qualifying uh, Park Farm still starts at the beginning of qualifying as it usually does so yeah they have that one session they have no time to get back to the factories no yeah no, no, no way to really solidify what they're looking to do also in my opinion like I enjoyed the sprints last year to a certain degree but mostly because like chaos would happen and it would impact the Sunday race where if it's now it's not impacting the Sunday race the, I feel like the the sprint races are too quick to enjoy fully. It feels like you're just about getting settled yeah. into watching the race and then it's over and you're like, what? Yeah. Especially if it's not, there's no consequences of it now. It just seems a bit, nah. There's obviously the points are the consequences, but like there's not enough. And again, there's even less positions paying out in points. So you don't see as much action at the lower end of the field. Yeah. To me, it, I, I just don't see why the format needs to change this much. I would so, much sooner see them do say one or two race weekends a year that are completely different I don't know how they could do that but maybe make it more of a team thing you know an average position or something like that so in that way to make it more entertaining or you know 
get or like just a construction race yeah exactly yeah so as in if you finish first That'd and tenth mm. and somebody else finished second and third they win by de facto of where they are yeah change changing the format without really changing the product just doesn't seem like it's going to do anything from my point of view 100% what's the point haul for the sprint race it's eight points for the winner isn't it is it eight and then descent by one yeah down to eight position it- yeah Yes, you're right. So it's the winner receives eight points and then reduced by one point per place. Yeah, so this should be a bit of a better track, but yeah, we'll reserve maybe full judgment until after the after this weekend for, for this, this format. It's going to be an absolutely yeah. unbelievable sprint race and we're all going to be like, <laughs> fantastic. fantastic. It was amazing. Hopefully. Speaking of upgrades, I just read there quickly before we started recording that Logan Sargent is getting the same upgrade package as Alex Albon. So I just thought that would be a little interesting tidbit to watch out for, for the weekend. Yeah, they seem to be a lot more competitive in Canada and Canada isn't a bad litmus test for the for this weekend either the tracks are relatively similar in terms of they're both power tracks you have big braking zones followed by long long straights so that williams seems to be decent in a straight line so i would definitely be keeping an eye on them i wouldn't be surprised if they can stick it stick well with it as well track yeah track wise it's around the softest compounds at pirelli tires but it's it's a fairly straightforward track it's a lot of full throttle and then a slightly technical sector too but it's yeah, it's just a quick, short track that there can be a lot of action into between kind of from turn one to turn four. So you have turn one into two, the kind of short straight and then turn three and then turn four, the long straight in between them. There won't be a lot happening in between that because they are basically such good overtaking spots. Is it a one stop strategy? It, yeah, it's it's not a hard track on tyres, so I would assume it'll be one stop. Now, it might be two depending on safety cars. I think we usually get, can grab one or two here. Because obviously last year we've seen the Ferraris, Science's Ferrari blowing up in uh, spectacular proportions coming down the... The one where it was on fire. Yeah, and, and up the hill, yeah. yeah. So it's very hard. It's a, it's a hard track on the engines just because of how much of the race is at high speed. We're also up in the mountains a little bit as well, so the engines can't get cooled as well as they usually would. But then weather-wise, we're actually looking, and I'm just looking at the weather here at the moment, it's saying like it could be wet Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So we might see another rain-affected weekend. Huh. That would be three in a row. Yeah. The forecast I'm looking at, yeah, is rain Friday, Saturday, and then good chance of rain on Sunday as well. So that will make this track interesting. We've had a couple of wet races oh. here, and it, it does separate the, the good drivers and the poor drivers. We've seen Hamilton in 2020 here. What was it, getting a second and a half on the grid on such a short lap in wet weather? Max was doing something similar previous. So, yeah, we'll get get a chance to see them. I'm At this point, I'd like to see a couple of nice dry races. A string of dry races. Yeah, same. I do enjoy the wet race, but just not. racing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we've had a bit of that in the in the past two races. Have we not? I suppose it was more Saturday was wet, and Sunday was dry. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, down the field, I haven't seen a huge pile of upgrade news coming in. Obviously, I think they'll be waiting more for Silverstone. That's usually a track that a lot of teams target for their upgrades. So yeah, Williams, you'll have a couple of track specific ones. Ferrari will be looking to really try and get on top of their upgrades now they, they seem to improve massively in canada so i think they'd be hoping to challenge the the mercs and the aston martins if they can sort their qualifying out i think they'll have a good chance of doing that i think will we just do a prediction yeah some quick predictions what are our predictions i think we're gonna have a non-red bull winner highly oh. doubtful uh, doubtful yeah but i think it would be just a nice that'd be interesting yeah. a nice dish of irony that the only track they don't win on this year would be the red bull ring pretty That's good it. i'd like to see alonso win and have signs on the podium yeah, I think if if there's not a Red Bull winner, Alonso is the most 
likely at the moment. And I think both Ferraris could be fast coming into this weekend. So the only thing is if, if there's rain. I think that Russell will be on podium, maybe P3. Yeah, I think he's... That's very potential, yeah. He's been racing well the last few races, just not... Kind of just mm. been a bit unfortunate. He kind of has been the whole season. It's kind of the opposite to him and Hamilton last year, where if you looked at the standings, you would say one was way better than the other. But when you look at it race by race, there's just kind of been a couple of moments here and there that have, have kind of wrecked either of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Do we think anyone's going to struggle this weekend? I can see De Vries struggling this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and and Pe- Perez. What a hot take. Yeah, I know. Uh, Perez, I think this isn't a track he's traditionally done insanely well at. And if it's going to be wet weather as well, strength. yeah, it doesn't play at all to his strengths. And if it's going to be wet weather, I think that just adds another layer of he doesn't, he won't want to make a mistake, which when you don't want to make a mistake, you drive slower, you know. Mm. So I think I could see him struggling a little bit this week, especially when you have Max in the side who's very strong around here. So. So that's the Austrian Grand Prix this weekend. We'll obviously be doing our race review next Wednesday on the podcast. So we're going to move on to F pun. This week's topic is confectionery. So sweets, crisps, all that kind of stuff. Valtejo Bottas. Esteban Coke, Like Coca-Cola? Or is that included in confectionery? Ah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's, that's confectionery. Yeah. I'll accept that. Lewis Fanta Milton. What? Yes. <laughs> I'm just looking Fanta at what's around me. Fanta Milton? Sweet ass June Vettel. Sweet ass Vettel. <laughs> Sweet ass June Vettel. Oh, Valtteri Cola Bottles. <laughs> you could cola do that bottles. with anything. Like, Valtteri Fanta Bottles. <laughs> no, but like Cola Bottles are Oh, true, like, yeah, never mind. They're little jellies. Oh, Sebastian Kettle Crisps. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Nick Doritos. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Yuki Mentosda. Uh, yeah. What? Yuki Mentos. <laughs> Duh. Oh, no, no. Kevin Magnus Magnus Gum. Ah, that's good. Kevin Magnum Ice Cream. Yeah. Oh, that's actually far better. Yeah. Uh, Nico Hulkin Iceburger. Oh, yeah. Formula Tobler One. Yeah, I mean, it's spelled like Toblerone, so Toblerone. <laughs> Guys, Alex Bonbons. Oh, Alex ah, Bonbons. Excellent. Yeah. Esteban Chacon. Oh, that's good. I like that. That'll be all from us this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with our Austrian race review. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. It really helps us out if you leave us a review there and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race, all one word. And be sure to check out Coley Illustrations while you're there, who do our lovely artwork. So thanks for listening. I've been Colm. I've been Jason. I've been Gemma. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Max for sugar. <laughs> Just to the sugar. Max, refined sugar. Yeah. We're really stretching the definition of what a pun is. Or what confectionery is. <laughs>